0: Welcome back to the Hemingway Lewis podcast, the podcast of brilliantness, talking about book 11, chapter 10, what's up with Rostopfen. How do you assess the job he's doing as governor? Why has Pierre taken an interest in the father of Versus Chagan? Full of souls in a bowl said, are we supposed to know who Versus chagan and Klayoterev are? Torstor is name dropping them like they are characters whose stories we have been following. And Rye Bread Eggs has the same thoughts. I was reflecting back and jogging my memory and I have read about these characters. And no one's answered the question, though. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to refer to last year's um, discussion. That's what I'm going to do and see if that can answer some questions. Zukov 17, doing his chapter summary, said this. Summary. Pierre heads in to meet with Rastopchin. And he assaults Pierre with questions. Basically, it comes down to if Pierre is truly a mason. Rastopchin goes into great detail about how some of the Masons were traitors. Wait, am I reading the right one? Nope, I'm reading the wrong one. Cool. That's what's going to happen in today's chapter. Spoiler. Yesterday's chapter. Okay, here's the summary. Pierre arrives back in Moscow. He goes to see the governor Rastopchin and hangs out with some officials before going in. They are worked up over... Rastopchin, who has lied to the people on a recent propaganda poster, he promised that the army will defend Moscow, but everybody in the know understands that that's not true. Before seeing Rastopchin, Pierre sees the father of Verastarjan, a young man who is accused of spying on the state, to very flimsy evidence analysis. Pierre just keeps on rolling. I'm surprised a bit we don't get more about André's death that shattered me, and we, the readers, are just forced to move on. I'm curious about this Veras Chagan guy. Tolstoy kind of drops him in our laps without much. So I got the feeling something big is going to happen. I could see Pierre defending this kid. Who knows, though? Uh. Okay. Okay. Okay, weird chapter serves no purpose, said reading is a doing word. Just showing the officials are corrupt, confused. Alright, so that was the conversation from last year. I think that's good enough to move on to the next one. Chapter 11. In the middle of this fresh tale, Pierre was summoned to the commander-in-chief. When he entered the private room of Count Rostopchin, puckering his face, was rubbing his forehead... Rubbering? Was rubbing his forehead and eyes with his hand. A short man was saying something, but when Pierre entered, he stopped speaking and went out. "'How do you do, great warrior?' said Rastopchin. "'As soon as the short man had left the room, we have heard of your prowess, but that's not the point. Between ourselves, Monsieur, do you belong to the Masons?' He went on severely, as though there were something wrong with it, which he nevertheless intended to pardon. Pierre remained silent. "'I am very well informed, my friend, but I am aware—' that there are Masons, and I hope that you are not one of those who, on pretense of saving mankind, wish to ruin Russia. Yes, I am a Mason, said Pierre. Sorry, Pierre replied. There you see, Monsieur, I expect you know that Messrs. Speransky and Magnitsky have been deported to their proper place. Mr. Kleiterev has been treated in the same way, and so have others who, on the plea of building up the Temple of Solomon, have tried to destroy the Temple of their fatherland. You can understand that there are reasons for this, and that I could not have exiled the postmaster, had he not been a harmful person. It has now come to my knowledge that you lent him your carriage for his removal from town, and that you have accepted papers from him for safe custody. I like you, and don't wish you any harm, and as you are only half my age, I advise you, as a father would, to cease all communication with men, of that stamp, and to leave here as soon as possible. But what did Kleitrov do wrong? Count asked Pierre. That is for me to know, but not for you to ask, shouted Rostopchin. If he is accused, of, if he is accused of circulating Napoleon's proclamation, it is not proved that he did so, said Pierre, without looking at Rostopchin, and Vereshchagin. There we are. Rostopchin shouted at Pierre louder than before, frowning suddenly. Vereshchagin is a renegade and a traitor who will be punished, as he deserves, said he, with the vindictive heat with which people speak when recalling an insult. But I did not summon you to discuss my actions, but to give you advice, or an order, if you prefer. I beg that you leave the town and break off all communication with such men as Klaivcherev, and I will knock the nonsense out of anybody." but probably realising that he was shouting at Bezukhov, who so far was not guilty of anything, he added, taking Pierre's hand in a friendly manner. We are on the eve of a public disaster, and I haven't time to be polite to everybody who has business with me. My head is sometimes in a whirl. Well, monsieur, what are you doing personally? Why, nothing, answered Pierre, without raising his eyes or changing the thoughtful expression of his face. The Count frowned. A word of friendly advice, monsieur, be off as soon as you can, that's all I have to tell you. Happy he who has ears to hear, goodbye, my dear fellow. Oh, by the bye, he shouted through the doorway after Pierre, is it true that the countess has fallen into the clutches of the Holy Fathers of the Society of Jesus? Pierre did not answer and left Rostopchin's room more sullen and angry than he had ever been before. Sorry, right. More sullen and angry than he had ever before shown himself. When he reached home, it was already getting dark. Some eight people had come to him to see him that evening: the secretary of a committee, the colonel of his battalion, his steward, his major domo, various petitioners. They all had business with Pierre and wanted decisions from him. Pierre did not understand and was not interested in any of these questions, and only answered them in order to get rid of these people. When he when left alone, at last he opened and read his wife's letter. They, the soldiers at the battery, Prince Andrei killed, that old man. Simplicity is submission to God. Suffering is necessary. The meaning of all one must harness. My wife is getting married. One must forget and understand. And going to his bed, he threw himself on it without undressing and immediately fell asleep. When he awoke, next morning, the Major Domo came to inform him that a special messenger, a police officer, had come from Count Rostopchin to know whether Count Bezukhov had left or was leaving the town dozen persons who had business with Pierre were awaiting him in the drawing room. Pierre dressed hurriedly, and instead of going to see them, went to the back porch and out through the gate. From that time till the end of the destruction of Moscow, no one of Bezikov's household, despite all the search they made, saw Pierre again or knew where he was. Ominous end to a chapter. Alrighty, have your say about that one over on the subreddit, and I'll see you tomorrow.